Hello and welcome to another podcast by Midori Cast, where we aim to share positive initiatives, stories and ideas about the transitions that are happening as a result of the environmental issues we are facing. This is a program sponsored by the Podcast Factory Org and Transformer Brussels, a co-working space and innovation centre. Today we are with Frida Kininger from Food and Water Europe. Hi Frida. Hi. So I'm aware of some of the issues that you as an organization tackle uh, fracking to the battle between private and public ownership of water as well as the like agriculture. as well as the threat of yeah industrial farming. Um, but before we start with that, uh, could we start with who are you and what is it that you do? Yeah, um, I'm a um, campaign officer here in Brussels with Food and Water Europe and my colleagues, they deal with, with the water and agriculture part uh, and I'm mainly working on, on energy in general and fracking and um, especially since we are in Europe and fracking is a different uh, kind of issue here in Europe than in the US. Uh, I'm working on gas and gas infrastructure. Okay, cool. And could you give uh, the listeners a sort of an overview of what fracking exactly is for those that aren't aware? Yeah, so fracking is a method to extract uh, oil and gas, um, and it's uh, an unconventional method. That's how it's called. It's, we can also call it extreme extraction of energy because uh, uh, big, big, big amounts of water are pressed. Uh, are, are big amounts of water are being pumped underground, uh, uh, mixed with chemicals, with a lot of different chemicals, um, and uh, uh, and sand to prop up uh, cracks. So. Yeah, through the the, whole, the, the big pressure, um, additional amounts of gas are released that would not be released with other techniques of extraction. Okay. And the issue is that the, all these chemicals, they, they are not only mixing and making chemical cocktails and with, with, with the other chemical, fracking chemicals, but also with, um, um, with substances that are underground and they can uh, often, the entire, where, where this um, chemical... Where this water mixed with chemical goes, it's, it cannot really be controlled. So often aquifers are being contaminated and um, um, people around, they have rashes, nosebleeds. There are a lot of... Um, From the polluted water. Yes. And also fracking contributes to, to air pollution. Um, having a fracking site or, or developing a fracking site means that the, the, the entire region is being industrialized because lots of roads have to be built, uh, lots of trucks carrying all that water and the chemicals and the sand um, have to be, to go there. So it's a lot of um, different uh, negative side effects. And what we uh, look a lot at is also the climate impact that it has because fracking releases even more methane, which is a very, very potent greenhouse, ga greenhouse gas into the atmosphere. So that makes gas a very gas and also oil or whatever is is being extracted by fracking so very. It's, um, it's more greener. sorry. It's more it's more harmful to the environment than CO two emissions. Yes, but there we get into a really difficult okay. uh, thing. So at, at the moment we look at CO two emissions at the CO two emissions impact over hundred years over hundred years. That has been decided that this is the time frame that we look at. Um, and methane is around 34 to 36 times more potent than uh, CO2 in 100 years. But if we look at the shorter time frame, like let's say the next 10 years, which is really important to look at because we have basically only 10 years to really um, get stop runway climate change. Um, if, we, if we look at the, 10, at the 10 next years, methane is over 100 times worse for the, okay. for the climate than CO2. Okay. And yeah, but... 
that we're already getting to, into technicalities. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell me about the sort of the less well-known phenomenon of uh, fracking for plastics and what, what what's that all about? So what we see in the US now is that the gas prices are, are lower, that it's really difficult to... to um, so a lot of fracking firms already got bankrupt and so on. So what they are looking at is really they try to sell everything that comes out from 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 their drilling from their well, and when when during gas extraction it's not only natural gas. We don't like to call it natural gas. We call it fossil gas because it's a fossil fuel, just like oil and coal. Okay. Um, so besides uh, fossil gas, it's also uh, wet gas liquids that are coming out. And so the U.S. is really trying to sell everything that's coming out of the hole. Um, and, and these wet gases are, can be used as a feedstock for plastics. So it's really linked to, 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 the fracking, um, to, the, to the fracking industry. And so now there are plans to build a pipeline to carry all that fracked uh, natural gas liquids uh, to, to, the, to, the, to the East Coast and then there is already a virtual pipeline with uh, with ships called the Dragon ships that are regularly bringing fracked gas liquids to Europe, to Norway, and to to Scotland, and then they they are made into turned into the uh, feedstock for for plastics in in big petrochemical plants, which are very polluting and very bad for the climate, and also um, all these little plastic pieces called plastic nurdles are ending up on Norway's and and, and Scotland's shores, and wow. that is not even taking into account the the impact of plastic pollution of, of plastic that mm. actually ends up being turned Just, into plastic products. Yeah, mounds and mounds of plastic in the ocean. Yeah, so not only so, is it bad for the environment, but you've just got this sort of long... Yeah, it's long really the communities lasting. there that are suffering from, from, from the fracking. It is the environment because of all the CO2 emissions during fracking, but also during the, the, the cracking process and all the processes that are needed. And it's uh, emissions all along the supply chain, and, and, and then in the end, it's the plastic pollution by the. It's left over at the end. Yeah, so it's really evil. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, can you tell me about the Beyond Gas Network that you're a part of? Yep. So this is a really good example of how, if you look back long enough, you can really see what what has moved and what has changed. Because three years ago, when I started in my job, gas was was not really talked about and we had a lot of NGOs that are that still supported gas because they thought that it's cleaner um, and coming from the fracking angle in the US and looking at uh, at, uh, at the fact that fracking was not really really big anymore in Europe uh, a part of us import still importing and increasingly importing fracked gas and fracked gas for plastics um, we thought that it would make sense to start building a network and to, to get all those few people that back then worked on gas together. So there was a conference that we co-organized and uh, we helped people connect and uh, tell each other about their fights and their struggles and their victories and their do's and don'ts. And now we, we can really look at a big email list of over 200 people. We have, uh, we have now uh, gas conferences that are, yeah, we have to restrict people from coming because there are so many people that we know of that are working on gas and people mm -hmm. are really well connected. The knowledge, the general knowledge about gas is, has, is really impressive. And um, last week I was at a grassroots gathering and it's really surprising, positively surprising how many people know to yeah, quite detailed extent about, about the issues around gas and how mm. active they are. And just last week we saw that a very big gas industry conference was disrupted by gas activists. We had 
Swedish gas activists disrupting uh, a talk about gas, and we had German activists um, stop, um, stopping the building of, of the North Stream 2 pipeline. So everywhere people are really starting to act, and, and gas is more and more yeah, in the media and okay. in, the, in people's minds. Not enough uh, yet. <laughs> I know that uh, France, Bulgaria, and some Swiss and German states uh, have put a ban on fracking. Is this a sign that perhaps there will be a European ban on fracking in the future? I mean, this is definitely are what we, we are working direction? for, but we see a big hypocrisy, uh, especially looking at France, but also at, at Ireland that uh, has banned fracking, um, and also looking at Bulgaria. All these states either have uh, import terminals that are able to import uh, fracked gas and already are consuming fracked gas, or are planning to build infrastructure with clear indications that U.S. firms are involved that have interests in importing fracked gas. So it seems like in the future the fight is more about stopping these um, states' hypocrisy um, from consuming fracked gas. And of course in Germany as well, the industry did a very good job in saying that they do not do fracking because they say fracking is only something that we that happens in, in shale formations. Mm -hmm. But there is still something that we call fracking happening in sandstone. And it's just a very technical way of reducing the definition of fracking to the extent that it cannot be applicable for the kind of fracking that is how, used in how Germany. So? What's the difference? So they just say if we frack in, 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 uh, in shale formations, mm. this is fracking. But we do not frack in shale formations in Germany. But we do a very, very, very similar um, method in sandstone. Okay. So that shows how how bad the reputation of the word fracking is because they really want to try everything to Just, avoid this yeah, word. But yeah, yeah it's it's uh, we need to be careful if we say that yeah mm. that there is no fracking in Germany because it's te technically not true. Okay, unfortunately. Uh, climate science historian Dr. Jeffrey Suprin has described ExxonMobil as one cog in a well-funded, well-oiled denial machine. Can you tell me what he's talking about here? Yes, this is him talking at uh, very, the first ever hearing on climate change denial in the European Parliament. When was that? That was in March 2019, okay. so March of this year. And it, it happened because we sent a petition in 2016. Our tiny NGO, Food and Water Europe, sent a petition and said, hey, Parliament, there is something happening in the US. Um, we know that Exxon has been denying the, the, the fact of climate change for for decades, and then um, the U.S. is getting active. Attorney generals are 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 starting to 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 ask Exxon to give out uh, information. And why is nothing happening in Europe? And it took ages. It took three years until um, step after step, the European Parliament started to to see the need to act and to organize uh, this hearing. Um, we also had tried to invite Exxon Mobil, so. Uh, members of parliament tried to, to invite ExxonMobil and they, they just gave a lame excuse and didn't show up, which then led to a number of MEPs, a number of parliamentarians, um, ask for a ban of lobbyists of ExxonMobil in the European Parliament. Unfortunately, we saw that this was the decision was taken that, that they would not lose their badges, but there was a lot of noise that we made around Exxon and around their big lobbying access in, in the European institutions and also around the fact that apparently in 2019 it's still not possible to 
to kick those out that have been lying to politi- mm. Mm, to decision makers for decades. How, how have they been been doing that in in terms of denying climate change exists? What what what, yeah, what ways are they have they been doing that? So they have Europe? loads of ways of of um, promoting their ideas, mm. and it's not that they are, especially in Europe, they don't um, they don't directly say climate change is not existing, but they they downplay the effects of climate change. They are still funding groups that are denying the the, okay. the, the um, reality of climate change, and they just keep pushing for their for their activities that are clearly heavily contributing to climate change um, in in several way, ways in, in in the European on the European Union level and of course also on member state level. All this would not be possible if they wouldn't have so much um, possibilities to influence member states either. So. We see that there is a very yeah that's a very dense web of of lobbyists to promote their ideas and then of course giving out a lot of money for advertising on the tiny amount that they give for let's say biofuel research it's mm. a huge greenwashing attempt because yeah so so yeah. perhaps some change in that in the future with Exxon Mobil I don't know oh we will still try to discredit yeah. the, um, but well, we will still try to show how. This is this is a huge conflict of interest mm. to have ExxonMobil tell energy and climate policymakers what to do and mm. and and policymakers opening the doors for them and civil society not having any opportunity to know exactly what what has been talked about. Mm. Um, and there is yeah there is a there are a lot of NGOs here in Brussels working on that and there will be yeah I think people will hear from us in the future and that's that's clear yeah. Okay. Uh, you must be quite a hopeful person, I, I suppose, to be doing what you've been doing. Um, any victories or uh, positive stories that have that, that, that keep you going, I suppose. I mean, all the things that I talked about. Mm. Uh, we saw a lot of victories. We saw yeah. we saw the we saw the Beyond Gas movement growing faster than yeah. we ever dreamt of. We saw. We saw the first ever hearing, and and we saw that there was a lot of interest from of from media, and and a lot of people just approached us and say, hey, how can we help, and uh, can we please, can we please help spread this further? Um, also, we had a small victory on 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 a priority list for gas infrastructure that nobody ever talked about, and it it. it it was just approved automatically in European Parliament two times in a row because nobody knew and they just said, okay, we don't deal with it, let's just get this through. And the, the moment that we worked on it, and this is, we was literally two people, um, we managed to have two votes in the European Parliament and 177 parliamentarians opposed to this list, which we said is locking us into climate chaos. Um, that is still not a final victory, but indeed I have to focus on the smaller victories and mm. know that whatever we build is just a step for, for, for the next things to come. Okay, great. Well, thank you yeah. for talking to me. Thank you. Thanks. Mm-hmm.